0: with AWB Contract Templates. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here, where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with, in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here with my co-host India Jackson to get the dialogue going. So India, I'm starting to notice some things kind of popping up consistently with clients. And I just kind of feel like there's some things that people are just kind of running into and it's just putting them in this place that it's just like, okay, wait a minute, hold on. I, I need you to pump your brakes, just wait. And it, it's funny to me how, how rampant it really is.
1: Yeah, I can relate. I'm starting to see that too. Um, especially when it comes to the visual side of marketing, like wanting it to go straight for the logo or start for the color scheme and it's like do we know why we're picking this and that word why i i think
0: like that's just kind of like getting missed because sometimes people um like i'll have people like they really want to make impact and they know that there's this this bigger thing this bigger goal but there's this disconnect. And I'm just kind of like, what are we doing? Hold on. Wait, 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 wait a minute. And I don't think that they see it. I think they just get so excited and they're so gung ho and they're so passionate and they want to go do all the things. And it's like, yeah, step back five steps. Let's not do the doing yet. Wait, let's, let's stop and kind of go through some things first.
1: Yeah. It makes me think about like, people wanting to be in action because they hear us say the one thing you can do or how action facilitates change and all the small actions add up but i think sometimes what gets missed is being intentional about what actions you're taking and why and how these things all work together
0: sometimes i think it's easy to like if your personal ethics play a role in a business that you have or a business that you're building, um, I think sometimes you can be so focused on the passion behind it that you haven't truly connected all the dots in that why, that, you know, where that passion is really stemming from and how you can share that through what you're creating or what you already have and maybe you're shifting it some. So, like, I've had things happen to me when I was younger that I didn't draw you know a connection to until I got older had gone through other things and it's just like oh shit all of these things like they're all related and they're all something that means more to me than just an isolated incident but if I didn't pay attention to that I wouldn't have gotten that and that definitely showed up and how I made both businesses, but it became super intentional from the word go when I started Erica Corday.
1: Yeah, I can see how that showed up for you. I um, I think it it brings the question of, that I get a lot, is people recognizing that they have something about them that's interesting or different or a story they haven't told yet. And it's like, how do I integrate who I am into the business and like not lose clients or how do I tell a story and lead with my why? Um, But then like, how do you monetize your story? (laughs) And I'd love to hear your feedback from that because I think that I know more about your story than most. So <laughs> I can see how your story facilitated your two businesses.
0: Yeah. And I think it's very easy for someone to see one of my businesses and maybe hear part of the story as to what connects the two, but not kind of get a little bit more of the the full gamut of what that looked like for me. And, you know, with silver immersion. When I rebranded that years ago, um, a lot of that was me kind of wanting my ethics to be front facing, and so when I brought the individuality and equality and the diversity into that, then, you know, when I then went into starting my coaching and everything, it made perfect sense to bring that there. But I've literally had some things that popped up for me that I didn't even realize really created core values because a lot of what I talk about is racism. And I have talked about um, having, you know, biracial kids. And I know some people will say biracial, interracial, they might call them black, call them mine, call them, call them a beautiful, awesome, whatever. But, (laughs) you know, having a white husband and having experienced some things that definitely have brought race to the forefront, but that was something that was a part of my life you know before i was even conceived in the sense that i had a mother that grew up at a time to where my grandmother who was very fair could pass to get in places and the children could not and so when my mother then had children she had a career that she was one of a very small number of black women doing a job that was mostly done by white men, older white men in most cases. And so because of how she grew up and then the environment that she worked in, she carried a lot of these things. And I was inherently not that way because I have always been a huge, like musically based person. Like I bleed music notes. If I had a talent, that's probably (laughs) what I would do, but I don't so you know as a kid and i'm dating myself here you know i used to love new kids on the block and i remember my dad who my parents were divorced my dad took me one day to like buy the tapes and stuff and i was super excited like oh my gosh i have my tapes and this was back when you used to that <laughs> <laughs> told you i'm dating myself um so like I I had these magazines, and this was back when you'd buy the magazines and they'd have the posters in them and you take them out and put them all over your walls and stuff. And oh my gosh. See, you, you can just see where this is going. And so <laughs> <laughs> I put them on the wall, and I'm seven. And I am so excited because again, I'm loving this, and I am like, Yes, I got all the things. And my mother is like. Why are you putting all these white faces on your wall? Don't you know what color you are? I remember thinking, yeah, but I like this music and I think that one's kind of cute. So what the problem is, like, I don't understand what the issue is because that wasn't how I operated and I didn't even realize that that was a part of kind of my core values starting to show up for me, because I think that there are parts of us that are just kind of inherently there. And that was kind of one of those first views into that, because for me, it was literally just, I like what I like. I'm not not looking at these other things in a way that this takes away from who I am. I know what I look like. I am aware of these things. And yet, here I am in this moment, having this woman who looks like me, chastising me as a child, for simply appreciating you know music is an art you know something within the arts for what it was and it was now diluted to race and i instinctively knew on a visceral level that shit's not cool yeah and here i am now as an adult and this is what i do i had no flipping idea
1: i didn't know i had no idea I, I think it's important um, on the receiving end of hearing this conversation. Like, how the fuck could you not know who you are? Like, you grew up in Baltimore. Right. <laughs> it wasn't. Like, and this what? was...
0: Right. And the reality is that, and I'm also, I also didn't mention, until the second half of fifth grade, I went to an all-Black elementary school. So I wow. lived... Exclusively around people that look like me. So I was not under any false pretense at all. It wasn't like I am surrounded with people that don't look like me and I am somehow not in touch with that. That was not the case. Not at all. Mm. So it was just kind of like, what the ham sandwich? What? I don't know what you're talking about. And it was weird. And so as an adult, when I then had other things like, you know, flash forward to me being married and having two kids and having someone in Panera Bread be like, you know, you know, what do I want today? I want people to date, you know, their own race, you know. Oh. Others, which is ugly, which is real. That's and how that ha- came
1: out. Mm.
0: And it was. It. I was like, what the? And honestly. If it was just me, it would have been very different. But I had my children with me, and they were, I want to say, my daughter was like a year maybe. So my kids were much younger. My daughter is now about to turn six. So instinctively, as a mother, like I'm feeling like that protector mode because I'm like, you did this with me and my kids, not just me. So it felt kind of cowardly, but it also was just another one of those times when I'm like, you are now trying to put me in a place of looking at judging things and perceiving them in a way that I just don't do it. And you want to put your shit on me. And again, here I am with a business that doesn't operate like that. When I look back, I can see these things that have happened to me and I can see how me showcasing in a way that feels good to me. And it doesn't feel like I'm blasting my trauma out or it's painful to me that And that happens too. And that's ugly, but that happens too. And that's, that's, you don't do it just because you feel like that's what you are supposed to do, or that's going to get you the attention. Like, that's not cool. But like, in a way that it's like, there's a, there's a bunch of reasons why I find it so important that people have conversations that are open and that you're listening to people that don't look like you and you begin to have a concept of what reality looks like outside of yours and that you are understanding of where there's disparities around what you take for granted and what somebody else takes for granted. And if I don't share what those things are, then it's hard for people to understand that. And if I don't connect that, then it's like my everything else I do in my business feels very disjointed.
1: Yeah, and I I can remember those days of things being disjointed and kind of feeling like, you know, here you are in the wedding industry with Silver Immersion, Mm -hmm. and that being like the primary clientele that you had at the time. And it's so whitewashed. And it's not only whitewashed, but it's sizes. Like it's a skinny, blonde, blue eyed, pretty princess size four, smaller, under 35, like it is so specific. And so to show up and to look at, I remember like you looked at working with a couple of different marketing places, advertising in different places and stuff like that. And it just never really felt good. I, I think that that's something that shows up for people is like, on one hand, you want to honor who you are, And you should. Um, and then on the other hand, it's like marketing professionals and virtual assistants Lord about that virtual assistant we had in the past, but Mm. (laughs) if you're not careful, they try to put you back in the fricking box. And see, speaking of a
0: box, I feel like that's what, I think that was a big part of why you started and why you do the things the way that you do them, because you like, fuck you in your box. I ain't about none of it. Not that for (laughs) sure. Right. (laughs) I think I think you have um, a lot of things that you ended up connecting about, like why you are so against women being in this box and putting themselves in it more than anything else, and allowing themselves to stay there.
1: Yeah, I I think, um, I I know for me, it started with modeling of realizing like you're a freaking paid coat hanger, paid blank canvas, however you want to word it, you know, and like, you know, that's what you sign up for, but (laughs) like your personality, your values, your, none of your words, like even matter, like just Mm -hmm. shut up and model. (laughs) <laughs> actually oh my god do you remember that was the marketing for a business back then yep when we met with something called shut up and model shit yep.
0: <laughs> real, real talk this is where my own growth has come because i remember points when i've had models that i've worked with on shoots and i'm like girl do you not know you a walking cone hanger and full disclosure this came more because there were people that were so outspoken to a fault that they couldn't do their jobs and they didn't want anybody else to do theirs either. So this did not come from me just being a full jerk. This came from, girl, shut that down. That's not what you yeah. here for. But I, I have been in that place and felt like this is not what you are here to wear these here clothes and wear them well. Can you focus on that, please?
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's second. a thing, and just the amount of. I'm the man-in-charge photographer, and I'm going to tell you how to look, how to walk, if there's video, how to talk and act is necessary, so I'm not going to throw shade on that because if I have a client that has hired me for something too, you know, and we've hired a model, they are the co hanger. You're there to facilitate the story that the client needs to tell in the imagery, However, got a problem when you go back and you pay this professional to help you build your brand, and they're still telling you what your brand should be. And it's like, but I'm paying you to build my brand. And I've never been one to be quiet about what I think or believe in. Believe it or not, when you were on your new kids on the block, I was on my crisscross and you couldn't tell me nothing. And... <laughs> Same. That right there was my absolute heart back in the day. Oh,
0: yes. All, all the everything. <laughs> I have pictures and of me. To, I need you to call me out on that one. I have pictures of me wearing my clothes backwards to a Christmas oh. concert.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> Hold on. A- you went to the concert, though. Now I'm a little jealous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did.
1: So the funny thing is to hear you say that and the way that you said it, it's like hitting me. Like we have so much more in common than I think even we realize sometimes because that was me with crisscross, but I went to a majority white school. I was the only black person in almost all of my classes. There was one other black girl that had some classes with me, but it was pretty much me. And so, and I think we had like one Latino guy. That was it. (laughs) So... me and my crisscross and my hip-hop music and my dad loved listening to hardcore cursing nwa you name it oh god i'm like oh but i look the way that i look like people think that i'm half white and i'm not and i had the straighter hair and the lighter hair color and the lighter eyes and i even do now when i was a younger so to walk into that Like I learned really quickly, I was never someone to be quiet. Like you're going to already kind of peg me as a certain way anyway. Fuck it. I'm going to just roll it. Right. (laughs) to see these photographers, even when the role has shifted and the model was the client, there is no longer somebody else who paid them to build the brand. I'm paying you to build my brand. Like we were never asked... What do you want your brand to be? What do you envision for yourself? Um, You know, what is it that you want to do bigger than yourself? Who do you want to serve? All of these lovely questions that we've been our audience with. Like nobody ever asked me that even when I was forking out my money. (laughs) So my very first logo, (laughs) do you remember that Erica? I, I remember
0: yours and mine and I'm trying to forget them both.
1: Oh shit. Mine was literally, somebody took a picture of me where I had done like a glamour shoot or something. And I was transitioning into having my own brand. (laughs) And I was sitting on a brick wall and they literally put India, Jackson underneath India. We got to find this for the audience one day. (laughs) And I am literally sitting on the eye. And it took me like, Six months after having that logo and using it, because <laughs> I was not mm-hmm. an art and design major just yet, oh to realize it looked like I was sitting on a stick, if you get my giraffe. Mm, I know. It's <laughs> and <a> dress. Dress.
0: <laughs> I thought I was like, oh, that's right. It did do that. Ugh. And
1: I'm like sitting back. I'm looking like, why is everything so sexualized? Why is everything little woman I know best and you just listen to me and I'm going to lead you to the water? Like. No, mm. I have a brain and I have a vision. My vision was actually to support women and be more women's empowerment. I got a blue background logo, me sitting on a stick. <gasps> <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> oh, so Lord. fast forward into how these things come up again, because you're right. Like, I think you see something when you're younger. And for me, I was a teenager then, but you come back to it later on in life and wow, I had to be in my thirties already. Um, I was in a different place in my business. We had had a marketing agency and had been doing photography within it um, for over 10 years. And <laughs> I had booked a, a job and I won't go into the details just so nobody has to feel like I threw money under the bus, but- Call you out. <laughs> yeah, maybe another day on that one. However, full transparency this was something that was for something bigger than myself so there was no i was okay with partnering with another professional photography team on it um, for a bigger cause and i just remember like here i come in and i'm all open-minded like yeah this is for a good thing you know showing up fully myself my team member is (laughs) He's the stereotype of a photographer. (laughs) He is a white male, average size and build, and over 50 years old.
0: He was an old white man, which is what everybody, unfortunately, in way too many places, epitomizes as this is what success looks like. This is what the boss looks like.
1: Yes. And here I come up, you know, with my cute little outfit and all of our expensive pro photo and nikon and canon gear because we don't discriminate on brands (laughs) it became literally a pissing contest between this other photographer and my photographer keyword my photographer not i'm his photographer wearing a branded t-shirt for our team that had my name on it because back then we were india jackson artistry Clearly, India Jackson artistry is not a man. And (laughs) I just, I remember it being the most awkward shit ever to sit there and have him be unwilling to acknowledge that I was standing there, unwilling to talk to me, unwilling to address me at all, and to only talk to my team member. And eventually, my team member (sighs) had to say, like, you got to talk to, she the boss? Like...
0: (laughs) And see, all I can see in my head is you standing there, this man deciding to talk to the white man next to you because talking to the black female, of course, that's got to be wrong. It has to be him that I'm talking to, not making eye contact with you, not acknowledging you and completely overlooking, dismissing and minimizing the fact that it is your business and what you are bringing because it's your business everything that you brought all that just got thrown out the window because of what you look like and of course it can't be you that's in charge this can't be your business you just here carrying the bags you're the assistant right get the fuck out of here
1: full context this other professional was a white man over 40 so you know you also have that going on too he was also the stereotype probably closer to 50 and so it just made me say in that moment like i built this business to show women that I truly see each one of them have a story. There's so many beautiful stories within our clients, especially you, Erica. And I mean, to not even tap half of your stories, that's for another day, but Mm -hmm. these women know what they want. They know who they are. They know what they like. And maybe there's just something about it that they haven't figured out how to monetize that. They haven't figured out how to marry that with what they do for a living, whatever it is, but they're not looking for somebody else to tell them what to do and give them the answers. Like they're not looking for somebody to just come smear their preconceived notions of what it means to be insert career title here. Correct. And to see that that came back up in my 30s, I'm like, I did the right thing, I'm so glad. (laughs) <laughs> that I built this business because men are still doing this to women every day.
0: Same. And that was why, for me, every little thing that has come up for me that connected my why to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and perfect action, and perfect all of these things that I talk about, I have probably a minimum of three stories for each individual thing. And there's a reason why they connect. And I think it's important to acknowledge that when it really came up for me as, like, this is a thing. And for transparency, my coach called me out. Like, we've talked about how, like, when I was trying to figure out my niche with coaching, and then she's like, you know, diversity is, like, is your thing, right? I was like, India, she's right. She figured it out. (laughs) And, you know, I couldn't imagine at that point backing off from it. Because I'm a firm believer that, you know, just like we talked about, you have these multiple things that have happened in the timeline of your life. And when you began to see how they connect at that moment, that means that these things have been happening way before you ran into them. But at that point, like I can say for me, and I think for pretty much everybody that I work with, you kind of can't imagine Saying, yeah, I can see that, but I don't think I can do this. Like, I had to continue on that path of what that looked like. I had to continue choosing to be a disruptor about things that I'm not okay being quiet about, things that I can't be quiet about because these are little breadcrumbs that I'm dropping for the world that I'm leaving behind for my kids and my grandkids and my great grandkids. Like, I want to be a part of the change. So, I couldn't imagine not paying attention to and moving into action, even if it's imperfect action, which is really the only con like right right now. Like I I couldn't just be like,
1: nah, I can't do that. That wasn't an option. It just wasn't. You know, I think we talked about it on the podcast in the past, but uh, one of the biggest shifts I saw you make in your business, um, with silver immersion was when we already knew like deep down like i don't think we had a word for diversity i know that sounds so silly like we know what diversity is but (laughs) right we didn't realize that was your thing per se i just know that you approach things differently like when Mm -hmm. i first started working with your brand i had never worked with a brand before where hairstylists could show up of any race and do a client of any race like i'd never seen that before and to learn that you were training your people to practice more on people who didn't look like them than they did on people who did, I was like, mind blown. Like, well, duh, that's why they can do everybody.
0: (laughs) And and that's the little stuff that I didn't even pay attention to about myself. Years before I'd even started my business, I was a cosmetology instructor. And I purposely gave black clients to the white girls that were learning. I purposely gave my black style um, students the Asian clients that came in, like, I gave everybody a person that didn't look like them. I'm not giving you what you already know. I want you to learn what you don't know. And I didn't realize that I was just creating this path for what I just hadn't walked into yet as a part of my journey. But I also can't ignore that all of these things seeded why I I'm doing what I'm doing and why it's so important to talk about those things.
1: Well, and I think that one of the things that comes to mind for me is like, okay, you were doing these things all along behind the scenes, but it changed the game completely to say, I'm going to put my big girl panties on and I'm going to risk losing some people to say, screw you and your pretty princess Barbie looking bride we're here for the misfits we're here for the people that feel like they don't see themselves represented in bridal magazines bridal websites um they don't see themselves on pinterest when you're looking for wedding ideas and i think that was one of the scariest things that you did but to support you through it oh my gosh like it completely changed your business because and i think it's so important and so relevant and now when you have everybody trying to be a hairstylist or makeup artist, you have everybody trying to be a coach. You have everybody trying to be a marketing professional, a photographer. Like The industry is so oversaturated in so many careers right now because there's so many people in our generation and younger that have this entrepreneur mindset that don't want to work a nine to five anymore. And so it's like our parents' generation and older, the concept was fit in, fit in, fit in. So you get to keep your good job but now it matters so much more to just be yourself like standing out doesn't mean that you have to do something radical honestly it's just being your fucking self out loud front facing instead of just behind the scenes and yes that will make you lose some racist people for your business but do you really want to work with racist people anyway i think not Hell once they no. realize the owner's black they out anyway so fuck it exactly. <laughs> you might as well just say we ain't about this racist shit hello
0: Right. And the funny part was, I didn't even know. But what I was doing was, I was welcoming the people that didn't know how much I had actually created something with them in mind. And I was letting them know that this was a place that was like, this is a home for you. You can be here. We are here for you. And in doing that, I not only was being very clear about who I was for, but I was also very clear about who I wanted to kick rocks because I'm not available for you if that's where you're coming from. Don't show up with your MAGA hat. I ain't about that (laughs) life around here. Don't do it. Don't do it. So I think people can be so worried about what happens if I do this. And it's like, this can help you to clearly talk to the people that you want to talk to while clearly making space for them, while getting the people out that you're not for. And that means that you are talking your client's language and not just what you want and You're making it a point to connect your ethics with something that you're building With somebody else in mind because it's as business owners. It's not for
1: us. It's for them It's for your clients. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the biggest thing that I saw for myself too is as I um grew into India Jackson artistry more over the years and eventually rebranded it to flaunt your fire. Like it was always about the client. And I think that being a teenager starting a business in college, well, no, I think I was like 20 something by then, but starting a business in college, like you're not completely clear on what you're doing and why I knew I wanted a safe space for women where you didn't have to worry about sexual harassment. I mean, but that's kind of the extent of the initial decision. And then I realized like, it's so much more than sexual harassment. It's about taking your voice back, taking your ideas back and saying that if I'm investing my money, I'm going to get what I asked for, not what you thought I should have. It's so, like, we never had styles from the beginning. We never had, um, you know, how an artist will say like, this is the way I paint. A lot of photographers have a photographic style. I chose to never have a style. My style is a style that the client needs to tell their story. (laughs) And that might be different from one client to the next. And that's the thing. Like You created
0: a space that was for women to feel safe and to feel empowered and to feel as though they could actually have what they were looking to convey in these heirlooms being created, a story that they wanted to tell, not a story that somebody else decided that they wanted them to play a role in. They were able to take back their own narrative. And I think that it is very important to, you know, really acknowledge how like a lot of, in a lot of cases, these things are done because that safe space doesn't exist often enough. And, you're facilitating something that might not otherwise openly exist or might not um, be on their radar. And you never know how many people you have supported and really helped in a way that like, you just don't know. I've had same sex couples that it's like, we've gone to other vendors and we didn't feel welcome. And to take something that should be a happy moment, you know, you being engaged and getting married and all of a sudden you're getting stigma and other people's shit like that sucks. And so for you to be able to provide a space where someone says, I want to, you know, back when it was India Jackson artistry, I want to do boudoir for my husband. And I don't want somebody judging me because I'm not a size two. I'm comfortable in my body and, and he's comfortable with it. He loves it. Matter of fact. I don't want you judging me and how you want to capture me. Don't shadow me up. Put
1: them damn lights on me. I'm good. For real. The thickums were like the most confident women I yes. ever photographed the lingerie. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: so, like,
0: like you made something that people needed. They needed it right then and there. And it was important for you to step into that because, again, the reason that we're entrepreneurs is bigger than us. And it's yeah. about being reminded of that, and that then cueing everything else that you do.
1: So, I want to ask you, like, if you could look back and had done anything differently in your journey of like bringing everything together, of here's what's happening inside of me versus here's what I'm doing in the outside, like front facing business wise, would you? had shifted anything or what do you think would have helped you like sped up that process
0: i think like you i was what i you know i call myself an accidental entrepreneur i didn't start silver immersion because i was trying to start a business i was doing the work and people wanted to give me money so it's like well i guess i have a business i think this is what this is so (laughs) i did that and so in doing that I didn't have a clear understanding of the why behind it, and even before I really understood um, the race or um, like the, the the gender equality type of pieces of it that were as important to me, I knew that it was important to me for women to feel beautiful, however they wanted to feel beautiful, and to let them tell their own story, and to really facilitate that safe space of. You know, it doesn't matter what you look like, you're welcome here. And I can make you um, look the way that you want to look and you can feel comfortable in it. Like I knew I wanted that type of space. I may not have understood all the pieces of it, but I knew that that was something I wanted. But because I didn't have that, like, what am I building? Who am I building it for? Why am I? Bu- I didn't have any of that. I just kind of was like, oh, I have a business and let me just fucking start a business and I'll figure it out. <laughs> Same. I didn't. Like, I didn't have that clarity. So choosing my name, choosing my colors, getting a logo, I didn't have any purpose behind stuff for so long. And there's a good chance that if I had started with that intentionality, at least the beginning pieces of it there, and then having enough that it could evolve, I think it would have been very different because there were points where I was literally just like I was throwing spaghetti at the wall for real because I didn't know and I didn't know how this stuff went together. I didn't have that clear vision of who it was for, why I was doing it, why it was me that was doing it. Like what made me different as the business owner, the person telling the story and creating the space. And you know, like I didn't know any of the motivations behind it. I was just like, uh, let's figure this out. And Mm -hmm. so when you have that momentum of when you first start, that is because you're new and you are very open and there's a little bit of beginner's luck that you can get. And it's nice to be able to capitalize on that as much as you possibly can, but to give yourself a basis and a framework that you can continue to grow and build on it versus like yeah, I got to scrap all this shit and start all over again. Like, that's what you want to hope you don't have to do. You hope that your brand evolves, not has to die and be reborn. Like sometimes that happens, but you kind of don't want to do that.
1: Yeah. I would say for me, if I had to go back, I would have started with those pieces because they are the foundation for your house. If your business is a house, that is the foundation. And so like, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I think that you did know a lot of those things and you were doing a lot of those things, in my opinion, but you weren't having, you weren't taking a step out of the doing and getting the things done and running the business and building team and facilitating things for clients enough to talk with professionals who could see things that you couldn't see or to see how oh, you are doing this differently than other people, maybe you should talk about that because I feel like you were always doing things in a very disruptive and diversity and inclusive way, Um, but you didn't see it because to you, that was just you being Erica. I think you knew your why, but you really hadn't taken time to really lay out your why on paper and then see where does it show up in the copy on my website? Where does it show up in captions? Where does it show up in our messaging? I wish I had taken more time on that foundation from the beginning because it what it translated into for me is the moment I would get in a conversation with somebody, oh, I have like five clients for you, girl, because I have these models I'm working with and I'm their manager and I'm tired of sending them in because they just, I, I got to worry about them brushing up on them too much or looking at them funny. I don't have to worry about that with you. That would be great if I had had a conversation with them but no conversation, if it's not in my messaging, you don't know that this is a safe space. I'm just another photographer that happens to be a woman. That why wasn't anchored there. Um, In your case, like the moment you started saying this was made with you in mind, this was made so you feel comfortable, you feel safe, you can be yourself. We're gonna use inclusive language about our same sex weddings and call them weddings and and not use the word bride you're a client because maybe you don't identify with that word like that changed everything but i think those things were always there it's just i wish i had paid attention to that from the beginning um and you watched me go through my journey of like logos and color schemes and Gosh, I wish we had had the conversations that we have with each other now and our services together um, because I would have had the right logo from the beginning. I would have understood why am I doing this and who is it for?
0: And you know what? Like, honestly, I think you're 100% right because I just didn't, I didn't know that it was a thing. I literally did just think it was just me. So if I had had that conversation for somebody to clearly see it and lay it out and for me to see, okay, this is how I can really showcase this, then it probably would have been different. And that's just like with you, I feel like once you put that fiery orange in your color palette, it was like, ooh, ooh, (laughs) all the things. (laughs) And it, I I think it's just, it's these things that you begin to take for granted. And you don't always acknowledge how the things that live in your head that you know Other people don't, which is why you have to get them out. That's why it becomes a part of your story, your messaging, your marketing, everything. Because you know that. They don't know that. They can't assume um, what you assume because why would they? And so I I think you're 100% right. And I think collectively, if we had had somebody to provide that support and be that sounding board and be that extra set of eyes outside in to be like you see that you're already doing this and you see that this is important to you this is what you can do with it this is how this anchors the other things this you know what I mean like yeah overarching thing that really is creating those roots
1: because it's literally been like just the last five years that mm-hmm. you know you dove a little bit into coaching um and then eventually got full-blown like certified ooh, ooh, yep. for the ooh. audience I don't know <laughs> that's a win this week um
0: yep.
1: and then on my side um we started having more conversations about marketing and branding and photo that I mean we have known each other for 10 years but we weren't just we weren't talking about it <laughs> so right. Right. right it's hitting me like I wish both of us had done this sooner I mean I think everything happened in its own time for a reason but if there would be any advice I'd had to kind is you do these things first before you start buying the logo, buying the LLC, buying the domain name. Well, sometimes you want to buy the domain name just because other people Get are buying. Bought. It's only $10, but <laughs> don't other lock yourself that, into the, like the major investments no. until you have some clarity. And because you, you don't know why you're doing um, stuff.
0: You just don't want to be doing.
1: Yeah, you said something that we might need to dive on to another episode, but um, you said, take it for granted. I want to talk more about that. Because you're right, the things that are a part of your story, that live in your head, that you see differently than other people, it's you. Mm-hmm. You, you see yourself every day. So you making white people do black hair. like <laughs> That's normal. And That's a Tuesday. That's yeah. a Tuesday. And everybody else are like, what? Right. I ain't never seen a white girl do natural black hair and get it bone straight. <laughs>
0: right. And, and, and for those that don't know, I have a salon. And about 60% of my clientele is white and always has been, always has been since for the, for like the last 10 years, plus it has been, I've been doing it for like 20, but before that it was predominantly black. And now like it's and and I have never marked, I've never put ads, I've never marketed, it's all word of mouth. And so, That goes back to me having that purpose behind what I was doing. I have ethics in how I do that. And my clients are very clear on that. But somehow when you start talking about emotional stuff, people don't talk about that. I have tangible things. Like I don't leave you sitting all day and I'm really, you know, consistent with your time and all of, but when it comes to like your ethics, it's like, you know, this is important and it needs to show up and people shy away from it for some reason.
1: I think that it's very easy to live your ethics for people. Some people, we were doing that. We weren't talking about them. We Uh didn't see how that fit into our brand. Um, We knew it affected our hiring decisions. It affected who we worked with, who we wouldn't work with. But Uh um, I think it just changes everything to have some clarity around where these things pop up and then how do you mesh that into your visibility, into your marketing, into your offerings? It's like And if you
0: and if you're somebody that talks about them and doesn't live them, how can you change that?
1: Because sometimes yeah. that happens too. Yeah. That's true. I I've met quite a few people that will talk about something, but then you look at, like for example, voting with your dollars or being an ally actually is one of the places I see that. I want to be an ally. I want to be an ally, but they're voting with their dollars at places that don't support diversity and have been known to actually be racist as fuck. So I'm like, uh, can you start with that? (laughs) Yeah, that too.
0: (laughs) That too. So if we were to give, like, if we had people listening in and it's like, I don't know, like I wanted to send you off with one item because I mean we're having a conversation like but if we wanted to tell people like one thing to go do that we learned or that we wanted them to kind of have as a takeaway, what would that look like?
1: Ooh that the most important thing to pay attention to when you are beginning something um or you're revamping it, you're shifting it, you're adding to the team, you're changing the name is to really start with how your why and your ethics play into what you're building. Um, and that needs to be cohesive. That needs to flow um, from a place of clarity because it changes everything. in how on Erica's side, the mindset that you have when you show up for work, um, how excited you are to work with the kind of clients you've attracted based off of it. But then also on like the marketing side, like what are you putting out there? What changes in your messaging, what changes in your color schemes and everything else that is your foundation. So in a long winded way, I'll, I'll make it shorter. Um, It may not be an action item, but a reframe that your, your story, your why, your ethics, that is the foundation of every other decision that you make. And you have to start there or you're going to have to eventually go back and undo some things that you've paid for <laughs> invested in
0: mm-hmm. and start over again. Yeah.
1: We don't want you to have to burn it all down. No,
0: burning it all down.
1: is not fun. What would you not say? Not your, your answer might be different than mine because <laughs> I know we think differently.
0: Um, I mean, I I really think that it kind of goes back to that concept that Simon Sinek made, you know, freaking super famous. Would start with yeah. why, you know. I think that why feeds everything else, and it's not just. I think it's important to not live in what I'm going to call the echo chamber of your mind. All of this, I have thought all the things through in my head, and I know exactly what to do.
1: You no, need to go let
0: right like that needs to be (laughs) let out so I think it's important to like with us we have found that we will think one thing in our head and sometimes like we'll say it out loud and then it already sounds different and then you know like I'll say it to you and then then you're like "Mm, I think you're missing some pieces um or I think if you add this thing in that it'll make a difference and so having that place to make sure that no stone is unturned and that you can make sure that you're hitting all the notes for where you are, because it is a constantly um, evolving thing. It's not like you do it now and a year from now it's going to be exactly the same. You want the core to be the same, but you still want to allow it to evolve. But having that place to like ask for that support And ask for that help and that feedback from a trusted source of what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Is this the best choice for me right now? Am I missing anything? Like, is this for me or is this for the people that I want to serve? Like, Mm, that's a big one. I think it is really helpful to kind of go through those types of alignment exercises um, of what you're building with the story that you have and those ethics and that passion that you have and make sure that it's it's all syncing up so that you don't have to redo things just like we talked about because if you don't connect it you're going to feel disjointed or you're going to have things that just like why aren't they selling the way i want to or why am i not getting the clients that i want to so starting off with a better understanding of that why and how that translate in translates into every other choice um that you make an action that you take I-, I think that's everything
1: yes it definitely can translate into every single action in its own way um and i'll add to that that if you are in a place like where you can do it do it with the professional that specializes in this And if you're in a place where you're not quite there yet, or you want to start having this conversation before you hire a professional, pick somebody to have it with whose heart is in the right place, um, whose feedback you trust, but preferably somebody who doesn't do the same thing that you do, because that's a repeat of the echo chamber. Erica and I do very different things as far as our businesses. We have overlap in our thought process. But... (laughs) (laughs) what we do is different so Mm -hmm. there's a value in having that conversation with somebody from a very different industry and we
0: operate differently so we have different lenses even though you know it's like you know if I have a blue one on this side and 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 she's got an aqua one on that side well they both a shade of blue but you know somehow or another there are differences which means that there's nuances to be picked up. And those are important. Mm -hmm. So I think those are some good things for a fly on the wall here to kind of take from our conversation. What do you think?
1: I think so too. (laughs) Sounds
0: good to me. 2020 is almost here and we want to see you ready to move into imperfect action. Our how to take imperfect action as a DEI ally workshop Coming up on Thursday, November 14th, from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Happens to be one of those actions. For under $200, you can get support on how your beliefs and values around diversity, equity, and inclusion are showing up for your business and those you seek to support. That you want to talk with them and hold space for them to have a seat at your table in your actions. How you're voting with your dollars. Hop on over to ericacorday.com forward slash DEI courses today and reserve your seat. Again, that's ericacorday.com forward slash DEI courses to reserve your seat. We show up here having real conversations to normalize the challenging things and make them a part of your normal exchanges. This is how we remove stigma and create real change and connection, cross lines, and recreate boundaries to support, not separate. If you enjoyed this podcast, show us some love by subscribing, sharing with a friend, or leaving us a review. Reviews are the fuel to keep the podcast engine going. Let's get more people dropping the veil and challenging their thoughts, feelings, and actions. We love being here and creating the bridge for you to walk over to become the change that you want to see. So join us next time. And until then, keep the dialogue going. Bye.